look at it as I got lucky. Um, I didn't have anyone kind of whispering in my ear, hey, you might want to think about this strategy or that strategy. So when it came time to develop our core purpose, I was like, oh my God, that's what gets me up every morning. That's where I want to go, is how can we help architects thrive in their careers? Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Oh my gosh, I am so thrilled to have Mark Tier, the founder of Black Spectacles, here on the show today. Mark and I found each other because we were both elevated to fellows last year in 2020, and since we weren't able to meet in person or have a ceremony late last year, Mark reached out to everyone on the list and said, hey, I'd like to get to know you better. Let's talk. And I took him up on it. And I'm so glad I did because the story of Black Spectacles and the way Mark just really took on a big risk and went all out for it because he saw a need and wanted to make a difference is one I just had to share with all of you. So let's hear it. Mark, from what I know about your story, you were really interested in exploring the democratization of learning. So can you tell us a little bit about how that led you to form a whole new company? Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me, uh, Angela. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And what I would say is this all sort of came together um, in you know 2010 or so uh, while I was working at Gensler. And uh, at that time, Revit was becoming quite popular. Rhino, Grasshopper, SketchUp, their explosion of 3D rendering tools. There were all these tools that were out there and especially the parametric design tools. Um, so I was a project architect at the time. So I was doing a lot of work, uh, doing models, creating models, creating designs and so forth. And there really wasn't, despite being in this giant firm with great resources, you know, there's only a couple places in the country, in the world where you could go to learn um, some of these tools. And it just struck me that the tools, especially the parametric design tools, just opened up a, a new language for architecture. And um, it just seemed, I don't know, there's just something was off with the idea that like there was only like these, these very specialized places you could go to sort of learn this, learn these tools and, and gain access to this language of architecture. So that was part of the genesis. I was also teaching uh, software at IIT for a few years. And you know, I saw a problem that I had when I was in school, which was we're all supposed to know all these different tools, Revit, CAD, whatever, SketchUp, but nobody wants to teach us, right? So the professors, it's beneath them to bring that into their curriculum, many of them, uh, which I understand, but it still creates this sort of paradox for aspiring architect, which is how the hell am I supposed to learn all these tools? So it seemed like that there was an opportunity uh, there was a gap in the world of architecture. Everybody I know, included, including myself, we all learned, you know, whatever tools we needed to, to know, we all learned them from the, the guy or gal sitting next to you. And it seemed like there was an opportunity for us to create an easy to use, convenient, you know, web platform where you could learn all the tools you need to practice architecture. 
And whether you were practicing in a boutique firm in New York or in LA or in a firm, you know, was, was somewhere else, you still had access to the same tools. Uh, so that was, that was basically the big idea. And then that uh, it's, it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing to, to turn it into reality. I was inspired by a handful of things uh, in 2010. You know, I was grappling with becoming a father. Uh, I watched half of my office get laid off. So it was a really unstable sort of environment to be in. I knew where I wanted to go. I guess I wanted uh, some autonomy and some freedom with my work. And I just could tell that I wasn't likely going to get that with continuing what I was doing. And so the idea of going off and starting my own thing became really appealing. And it took a few months to sort of figure out what I was going to start with. Of course, I started thinking about starting my own architecture firm. When I realized I didn't have any money and I didn't have any relationships with anyone who needed an architect, I knew it was going to be a massive uphill climb that I wasn't quite ready for. And I thought it would take way too long to get where I really wanted to go. And so I was reminded of this idea of uh, building some sort of a learning platform I was reminded of it when I was reading uh, Tim Ferriss's very famous book, The 4-Hour Workweek. He talks about, you know, starting a, uh, he calls it a muse. What I loved about that book, what was really powerful to me about it was that it was a book about action. Mm-hmm. And his idea of a muse was, oh, like, you know, develop a little side business uh, that you really don't care that much about. Uh, and instead, you just, it's just there to generate money for you. I wasn't interested in spending my blood, sweat, and tears on something I wasn't really interested in. Plus, I could see a problem in our profession, right? The book is a book of action. And so, you know, by the second or third chapter, I was already, I had been reminded of this idea and had started working on it. And it's funny, I, as I like to say, I read that book the first weekend of September in 2010. You know, I got to the end of that weekend, pounded my fist on the table and said, you know, I'm going to launch this thing by the end of the month. That's I love called- that. <laughs> And um, needless to say, I didn't launch it by the end of the month. It took me like 16 months to launch it. But yeah, it, uh, it, it set off a series of uh, events and, and so forth in my life that ultimately uh, ended up producing Black Spectacles. That is just a really radical but exciting way to think about things that, you know, here you are practicing away in your firm, doing what architects do and noticing things wrong as we all do. But then to have this epiphany of, I'm not okay with this anymore. And I'm going to be the one that does something about it. I don't know. I read a book along the way and they, they made reference to an entrepreneurial seizure where you just, it's like this earthquake in your life where you can't do anything but pursue this idea. And that's absolutely what happened to me. It, it's been hard as hell to do it, but it's also been the most rewarding thing that I've done so far as a, as a professional. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I uh, went off and did it. Although on the flip side, I don't know that I really had a choice. You know, it's the sort of thing that either you're wired for it or not. And for me, I was, I was definitely wired for it. Well, and it, it's made such a huge impact. And I know the ARE exam prep is probably the thing the company is most known for. And my firm has a subscription. Lots of firms do. And it really is a great way to study, but also within firms to form study groups so that you can hold each other accountable. So I think you've created a whole movement there around getting licensed. Yeah, it's exciting. It's uh, certainly an honor. We, we hear stories from folks who, who receive their license after you know, using our materials and so forth. And it's awesome to, to hear the stories, especially, you know, it's sort of a funny thing. Licensure is it's a really emotional, traumatic experience for a lot of people. In fact, I was just talking to someone a few days ago. We talked about it, the idea that it's actually a, a life-changing thing for a lot of people to get their architecture license is, is massive. 
And maybe it's not like that for everybody. For a lot of people, I think it, it is like that. So, and I probably didn't understand that when we got into it. For me, it was sort of the next step on the path. But I know for a lot of people, we hear their stories and you realize how powerful it is. So to your point, it's quite an honor for such an impact in the profession. It's awesome. Yeah. And as you've continued, you've looked for other ways. Um, I read recently that you had formed a partnership with Noma. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that initiative is about? Yeah, it's interesting. So we've worked with Noma for a couple of years on sort of the individual chapter level. And when we learned about the AIA large firm roundtable 2030 diversity challenge, which they developed uh, with Noma, with their goal being to essentially double the number of black licensed architects from 2,300 to 5,000, my eyes got giant. I was like, oh my God, we have to like be a, a part of this somehow. It's exactly what we do. How can we help this? So this endeavor. So yeah, so uh, we, we, we started a conversation. We actually had some early conversations going in early 2020 and um, started to share some really interesting ideas about how we might work with NOMA, uh, which is a large, large organization and help get folks licensed, you know, get their constituents licensed. So we have a lot of different types of license types that we can accommodate, you know, different scenarios and so forth. And so uh, the way it works with NOMA is they have a certain, they have a big block of people who can have access at any given time and can study. And then when those people are done, uh, some more folks can can participate. It's an honor to be able to, to try to have an impact and try to, like I say, double the number of Black architects in the United States. What a wonderful thing to be a part of. So yeah. it's, we just kicked it off uh, last week. We had a really uh, well-attended uh, webinar to announce it and sort of describe how it works. It's a very exciting uh, endeavor to be a part of. So is this just about helping people access the materials more easily, or is there a change in what you're offering in terms of how the study guides are set up or any additional resources? Good question. Well, uh, so it's essentially our standard offering. Uh, it's actually our expert offering. So it's our full suite, right? It's everything we offer. But the truth is that the cost to get licensed for a lot of folks is prohibitive. And so essentially the big thing we're doing here is Noma's essentially absorbing the cost and we absorbed a lot of the cost as well and essentially offering it free of charge to their constituents. So ultimately trying to reduce, again, the barriers to getting licensed. And so now, you know, Lex Spectacles Test Prep is what was the first a test prep material that has been reviewed by NCARB as a part of their approved test prep provider program and the first one to get all six of our courses reviewed. So it's high quality material. Our pass rates are 20 points higher than the average. So it should be really high quality. And now it's made available to NOMA members free of charge, which is a big deal. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see how this moves the needle. Architecture as a profession that was notorious for its lack of diversity on pretty much every front. So do you foresee targeting any other types of demographics in the future? Yeah, it's a good question. We don't have any specific plans at this point. Uh, we're always looking for how we can help uh, advance the profession. And so we, we have an open mind. Uh, this is the one that we're focused on at this point. And again, I think it's going to provide a wonderful opportunity for us to have a huge impact in the profession. I would love to be able to, to stand next to my colleagues at NOMA and in a few years, hopefully only a few years, be able to say that we've really moved the needle because it's a, it's the sort of thing you can measure. You can mm -hmm. measure how many folks got licensed as a part of this program. So I'm really excited about that. And you know what's what's fascinating about this, this is really the first time we've done something like this. So I expect that we're going to learn a lot from this. Uh, and to your point, it's very likely that we'll be able to, let's say, learn and uh, apply our learnings 
to uh, to help folks in other you know demographics, as you say. Yeah, those people that just lag behind, they get all the way to mid-career and they're still not licensed. And what can you do to kind of help push them over the finish line? Well, it's also going to be interesting. I know the University of Cincinnati here is one of a handful of schools in a pilot program to have people graduate with their license. So does that change anything about what you would offer or is it just a matter of the students being able to access your learning platform? Yeah, it's a great question. We have uh, a license with, I would say about 10, uh, about 10% of the of the uh, the colleges in the United States and specifically the ones that are offering that uh, IPAL program. Um, so they're actually leveraging the same materials to help folks uh, as they prepare to study and, and, and pass the exam, as you say, before they graduate. So we're already helping there. I think ultimately, I mean, this is just a, an opinion. I think that program is going to continue to grow. And I think you're going to see most, if not all, of the U.S. You know, colleges uh, offering the IPAL program. Yeah, it's about yeah. time, right? I mean, every yeah. other licensed profession, you get licensed pretty much right after you graduate. Doctors, lawyers, why was our profession ever set up this goofy yeah. way, right? Yeah. And there's actually a great advantage there. And the advantage is, I mean, we all know this, all of us who went to sort of traditional architecture school, you know, you get out of school and most of us don't know a damn thing about how to practice architecture. We know how to think, we know how to problem solve. Uh, we know some stuff about design, but in terms of actually practicing, you know, there's a huge gap. And so the idea that you can get the basics of that as you come out of school, there's a great advantage there, I think, because folks will understand uh, basically what's going on. I mean, I know what my experience was, and I hear so many people, they share their experience to me, which is, man, now I finally know why we do that. Now I finally, I keep hearing about these things, and I never really knew what they were, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you talk about accelerating someone's path into the profession, you know, what a great thing. Uh, so like I say, it's, uh, we're able to make an impact at the colleges, at the school level with those, uh, those who have a, a license with us, which is, uh, again, another way that we're able to participate and contribute back to the profession. So Mark, I want to ask you about the job platform that you're kind of launching because you've gone from learning and test prep to now yet another dimension. And what inspired you to take that on and how, how do you think it's going to have an impact in the profession? Yeah. So this story starts uh, around business, right? And in, in, in our business in particular, uh, as I was saying earlier, the first problem I sort of observed was this problem around software learning and the gap there. We launched the business around that. We always had sort of a vague idea of you know, building some sort of a broader learning platform. And so when the opportunity or the idea surfaced around partnering with my friends at AI Chicago and developing our original test prep material, that made a lot of sense. And we found out that there was a huge need for that. And so we continued and followed that uh, very strongly for many years. We arrived in 2018. It kind of paralleled arriving, if that, it, as it were. Uh, with a business, there's a certain moment where you're like, oh man, we made it. Like we, we kind of like, you know, we got above water and we're, we're, we're treading water just fine. We're doing good. And maybe that was 2017, 2018 for us. And uh, we started to work on uh, developing core values and a core purpose. And by the end of that exercise, I was reminded of an interesting story in my, let's say, career trajectory. So I basically worked at two firms in my career. First firm uh, was a mid-sized firm, does a lot of schools called Leggett, and then I moved to Gensler. And in that transition, I was offered the opportunity to lead 
AI Chicago's Young Architects Forum, which was quite an honor. And uh, one of the things we did a lot was uh, we did happy hours every month. And I was the guy who was always emailing the, the, the list of everybody, uh, inviting everyone to happy hour. So needless to say, when people would show up, you know, they'd come up to me and shake my hand and say, oh, thanks for inviting me. And, and we would sort of chat a little bit. More often than not, I was talking to someone who was looking for a job or who was at a crisis moment in their career or a, you know, a moment of pivot or whatever. So they were asking me, okay, you know, who should I talk to? Um, you know, who might, you know, you know, is there anyone here from SOM or anyone here from wherever? And what I've, what I remembered back in 2018 was how much passion I had for that moment when someone's like, Hey, how do I do this? Mm. I'm here and I want to go there. And I just remember lighting up and getting so excited because ultimately what I realized was this is the sort of, let's say, career support that I never had as an architect. And I was very lucky to, to find my way into the School of Architecture at University of Illinois. I like to say I had to entrepreneur my way into that program. And then same thing, getting into, you know, the biggest firm in the world. You know, I happened to you know, be friends with the right guy sort of at the right time. The way I look at it is I got lucky. Um, I didn't have anyone kind of whispering in my ear, hey, you might want to think about this strategy or that strategy. So when it came time to develop our core purpose, I was like, oh my God, that's what gets me up every morning. That's where I want to go is how can we help architects thrive in their careers? And we were already doing it with software learning and with helping folks get licensed. But that umbrella of, of helping folks with their career, what's, what's so amazing and powerful about it is as soon as it got written down on paper, the ideas fell right out of it. Like, okay, here's what we're going to go do. Yeah, that's when and, you know you're on the right track. Yeah, it was so exciting. And of course, there's some educational ideas that fell out of that that we're currently working on. But then there was this other idea, which was uh, there's not really a place online where architects can sort of come together where you can kind of put your professional profile or professional best foot forward. You know, there's kind of LinkedIn, there's kind of some other sites where you can maybe kind of put a portfolio. You know, there's like a smattering of sort of job boards all over the place. Uh, I was talking to some deans recently and they were describing the problem that many young architects, they don't even know what firms to go apply for. They don't know anything about. So there's a gap in knowledge about firms and so forth. So it seemed like there was an opportunity to build a platform to bring all this together. And so we're a few months away from launching a platform called Spectacular, and it'll be the place where architects find jobs and where firms can find talent. What's really exciting to me is that professional profile will include their resume. It'll also include their portfolio. Um, so it'll really be like a complete profile for architects. And then what's exciting to me is we're going to then feature the best projects that are contributed to Spectacular on our homepage. So every day can come to Spectacular. And even if you're not looking for a job or, or you're not looking to research a firm, you're there, you know, every nerdy architect like myself, what do we do every morning? Uh, we go through our email and we look at, you know, Design or we look at Arc Daily or whatever your favorite design email uh, is. And we check out all the cool projects. And so, so I think we'll become a part of that. We'll probably have, you know, maybe a slightly different focus than those platforms in terms of, you know, how we're curating the projects and so forth. But it's really exciting to me that we'll be able to, with the contributions to Spectacular, be able to, to showcase it and then, you know, solve a really, really important problem. Uh, for architects, which is, you know, how do I find my next thing? And how can I get some press? How can I get some publicity, some recognition for my work sort of all in one platform? It's an yeah. exciting time to be essentially like building a second endeavor. But what's really cool about it is all focused on that broader aspiration or purpose around 
helping architects thrive in their careers. I think that is so needed. You know, so many people just kind of drift and, you know, similar to your story, they just find themselves with opportunities, but they don't stop to say, how can I be deliberate about this? What would really be the best fit for me? Because different firms have different cultures and different firms have different, we'll call it point of view, for lack of a better word. And if you can find ones that align, you're going to be a lot more successful and a lot happier. And it's not so much good firm, bad firm. It's right for me firm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So we're a a rapidly scaling, as they would say, young company. And so one of the keys to that is is our own uh, hiring and recruiting process. I was just just talking to my wife about this. It's such a complex thing because everyone's so different and like finding the right mix of people on your team, uh, whether it's an architecture firm or whether it's, you know, uh, endeavor like ours, it's so hard. And so whatever advantage you can get and trying to learn a little bit about yourself, a little bit about who you're going to be working with, a little bit about the firm, he said their culture and so forth is incredibly important. And ultimately, you know, the goal there is to look for a good fit. How can we help firms and architects find good fits for each other so that everyone can can stick around for a long while, uh, be really productive and uh, let's say uh, enthusiastic about the work. So what other gaps are you seeing in the profession that are kind of in the black spectacles horizon to address? Uh, we're working on some of the some of the big ones uh, with Spectacular and of course with licensure. But I would say the other area that we are going to be doing some work is on the education side, specifically around professional learning. Of course, we all know all the free and easy continuing education things that we can kind of go to. But I'm reminded of a of an experience I had uh, working on a giant project for about three years, and there was a moment where we were trying to design. It was an office building. We were trying to design the building. And we were specifically focusing on the facade and trying to you know, come up with a variety of iterations for f- what the facade material should be. And we had sort of zeroed in on precast concrete at the time, and we were doing some different stuff with that. And my job as a project architect was to you know, develop the Revit model for that and, uh, and so forth, which meant understanding how precast was built. In, in that particular moment, I didn't have enough knowledge about how precast was created and how it really worked. And I'll never forget the design director who I was working under, who was also rather competent uh, technically, he looked over at me and he's like, really? You don't know how cast concrete works? Like I was the dumbest guy ever and, and sat down to regale me on the intricacies of how precast concrete works. And maybe he didn't have the lightest touch in doing it, but at that moment, um, I mean, he sat there and he taught me what an architect needs to know about how precast concrete works about the sizes and the dimensions and how they are assembled and how they interact with floors and the structure and roofs and all this sort of stuff, right? So he gave me literally a crash course in precast concrete right there, begrudgingly, but he did it and he, he taught me well. And gaps like that exist everywhere in the profession. We all learn just in time, usually under some incredulous elder who knows how it's done and they can't believe you don't know how to do it. And then they sit down begrudgingly and teach you how to do it. But the silly thing is that we're just never taught, right? We don't learn all that stuff in school. And then you get show up in the profession and there's a giant gap. I have a similar story about learning how curtain wall works. I mean, there's just countless stories. It's like, in order to go from getting out of school to becoming a competent architect, there's all these moments 
right? The, all these lessons you have to learn along the way. And so for me, that's a huge gap. So that's a gap we're going to focus on over the next couple of years with some of our educational offerings, both to help architects navigate their career. So if you're a project architect and you want to be a project manager, like what are the skills you got to learn, right? What are all the things that, you know, your boss is going to say, really, you don't know how to you know, do staffing? It's like, no, that no. That is needed. You ever taught me, right? So build classes that are very focused, that help architects literally level up in their career, move up uh, into that next role. If you're a project manager and you want to be a principal, all right, what do you need to know how to do? You need to know how to maybe um, find clients, how to network uh, and so on and so forth. Um, so building classes around that. But then also the other side, the technical side, let's say you are in that project architect role and you are supposed to know how, you know, certain wall assemblies work, you know, like what are the basics of those sorts of things so that, you know, at the end of it, you can walk away with a credential saying, Hey, you know, I learned the basics of project management. Um, so you should give me a shot because I know how timesheets work. I know how staffing works. I know how to get a project and so on and so forth. So really again, about giving architects a leg up as they're looking to level up, to move up in their career whether that's on the technical side or whether that's changing roles. That's the, that's the next thing that we're going to be targeting like spectacles. I think that's spot on because so many people, again, just passively take what's offered and it's often presented as, well, the goal is to be project manager. And I know from my own experiences, I started doing project management and hated it because I didn't get to do design anymore the administration of the project took all my time. And I think helping to discern what's the right direction to go is, is very valuable. As you know, this show focuses on the architect as a person. And part of why I was excited to have you on is that you are focusing on that professional development piece. I wanted to ask you about getting over the hurdle of architects investing in themselves. I, we're cheap. And we're, we're a DIY group. And if we can go look it up on the internet or whatever versus paying for a class, we do it. What would you say to someone who's reluctant that it's going to pay off to invest in their own professional development? Yeah, that's an interesting question. To be honest with you, for me, in my experience, people are either curious learners or they're not. And so I suppose the folks who are, maybe we're not talking to them in this instance, I guess for the folks who are not, when I think about my experience, I'm just, I don't know, I'm looking to do, and I say this all the time in my role as a CEO of Black Spectacles, that I'm looking to do my job really, really well. And any ideas that I can go find and implement that are going to produce better results or that are going to help me do my job better, of course I want those things. And if they cost some money, you know, I mean, money's a real thing. So you have to sort of work within in your means. I know and for so many years, you know, I can think of a handful of, you know, learning, say, experiences that I wanted to have that I just couldn't afford. But, you know, I kind of nibbled at it, right? Like I subscribed to the email list. Uh, I followed them. I signed up for the free stuff. And those things kept me going. And I learned a little bit. And eventually, you know, I got to a point where, okay, I could invest a little bit of money in it. I mean, it's ultimately a personal choice. But um, I mean, there's so much to be learned out there. Uh, and, and really, I wish I had a better answer. I hate to be so sort of closed-minded about it. I kind of feel like either you're a curious learner or you're not. I guess if you're not, I'm not really sure what I could say to sort of help someone. But I just know that personally, I've gotten such a great benefit. I'm involved in an absurd amount of stuff. As a, you know, I'm involved in entrepreneurs organization, the Junto Institute. I, ran, I went through the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. I gave Vistage a shot. God, there's so many things uh, over the last few years. And I've, I've had a handful of mentors. I have a board of advisors. 
what I've learned is that it's, it's really wise to get as much help as you can. I read, there's a giant pile of books right there. Um, there's a giant pile of books upstairs that's uh, sitting on the floor. And uh, again, anything that I can get my hands on that will help me do my job better, which is going to help the folks on my team have a better experience. It'll help our customers. Those are sort of the things that I'm always looking for. And I get a tremendous amount of value out of it on a regular basis. And, and I think that's so important because I often hear people who complain, I just can't get ahead. Nobody's giving me a chance, but they're unwilling to actually give themselves a chance and put themselves out there. And I can't tell you how many times I hear I'm too busy as the reason why someone just stays where they are and doesn't grow, doesn't learn. And your story is so great because you've really pushed past this. So I know you said you got to be a curious learner. And I agree. And that's part of what I'm trying to cultivate as the audience for this show. If you aren't a change maker, then you probably aren't my audience, right? You know, right. Yeah. let's make a difference. But for people who maybe really would like to make a difference, but just aren't sure how or don't know how to yeah. make that heart aligned leap, what advice would you give them? Uh, I appreciate that question a lot. I'll answer that question with a story, <clears throat> which is really the beginning of, I don't know, I mean, I could probably tell a couple of stories like this, but probably the most relevant one to the Black Spectacle story. I was at my first firm and, uh, you know, I had my annual performance review. And in that review, my boss, Alan, he told me, he's like, you know, you should get involved in, in the AIA. Why don't you check, check out their website? I dutifully took my notes and, you know, and other things, whatever he said, uh, left. And I'm sure that I then went, like most of us do after a performance review, we're kind of like charged up and motivated a little bit. So I like went straight to the internet, hopped on, went to AI Chicago, where I probably had never visited their website before and found the Young Architects link or something and somehow subscribed to some email list. So I acted. And then, you know, I inevitably got an email, you know, hey, you know, we're meeting up at this coffee shop after work. And I went, I acted. I didn't, I was nervous as hell. I didn't know anybody. Uh, I literally knew nobody. I like literally walk. I never forget it. I walked. It was an Argo T over on uh, right by State Street. I walked in and I'm like, "Holy shit! I don't know a single person in this place. Uh, this is gonna be awkward." And like, you know, it was awkward. But a month later, I think I'd maybe gone to two or three events in, in a month or two. Then uh, the at the time the the chair of the Young Architects Forum he invited me out for lunch, and I was like, "Wow, that's kind of okay, cool." So we had lunch halfway through. He's like, hey, so do you want to be the chair of the Young Architects Forum? And he did it in a manner that was almost like he was handing me a bag of poo. He was like, would you like this bag of poo, sir? And I was like, I guess uh, I would. <laughs> uh, not really, I guess, maybe. And I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And I just said yes. And I acted. Then I, I had, then I had all these experiences, you know, and then, you know, along the way, a colleague of mine at Gensler was like, Hey, would you be interested in teaching an IIT? I was like, yes, I never taught. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so for me, it's about acting and taking some risks, especially when you're uncomfortable and just knowing that, I guess at the end of the day, there's this sort of confidence that has sort of lived in me throughout this whole journey, which is, I mean, God, I've been doing this for over 10 years uh, running, running this company, most of what I do, I, you know, had no idea how to do before I started. So everything I had to sort of just say, well, I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to have to figure it out. And sort of that confidence that I'll figure it out. 
And if I, if it proves to not to be the wrong thing, then I'll, I'll exit. But at the end of the day, like you got to act, you can't just keep talking about it. At some point you have to act. And that was especially the sort of the, that entrepreneurial earthquake that I sort of suffered from. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just needed, I, ne- I just had to do something. I had to stop doing what I was doing. So for me, I guess the advice is, or at least what's worked for me has been to just act and take a little risk and have a little confidence that you might bungle it a little bit, but eventually you'll figure it out. And again, if it's a, if it's a bad fit, you can always sort of excuse yourself and go on to something else. I've had some things like that, that I've been involved in, you know, that I got into and I was like, uh, you know, this is the wrong thing for me. You know, these kind of align with the culture of these people or what they're trying to do is, is boring or uninteresting or whatever, or I'm just not, yeah, it's just not something I want to spend my time on. And, you know, you kind of move on, but uh, you're right. That, um, that bit about like just acting, like trying to do something. There's a great quote I have up here, which truly like uh, it was powerful for an architect really sort of set me free with black spectacles, which is uh, do it and fix it as you go. Uh, which as you know, that is not a mantra for an architect. Because <laughs> if architects are designing stuff where they're like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll fix it if it's bad. No, 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 no. That's not how architects work. So it re- that required me to really kind of rewire my brain a little bit. And it's about trying. And it's about knowing that, you know, you're smart enough. And for the love of God, like the amount of schooling we go through and the rigor and the reviews and the critiques and the, I mean, come on, we're battle tested. Unlike very other, very, there's very few other professions that train you to be resilient and persistent and careful and thoughtful. Those skills, they, they, they translate so well to starting your own thing, or as you say, you know, trying to, uh, trying to better yourself, uh, trying to, trying to learn and improve yourself. So yeah, so that would be, that would be my share, I guess there. And, and that is so true. I, I love how you said just act. I mean, I had a similar experience early in my career. I was working at a very small firm and my boss was kind of like, you know, we need to do some marketing here. We didn't have a marketing department or HR department or anything like that. And I was interested. So we bought web software and I learned how to do a website or we decided we needed to be involved in the community. And I remember going to the first meeting of this nonprofit for the Phoenix metropolitan area called Arizona Forward. And I'm there at the very first committee meeting, which was the first meeting of anything. And they said, we need a chair. Does anyone want to do it? And nobody's raising their hands, kind of similar to your story. And I'm like, I'll do it. (laughs) So like, I had never even been part of this organization and I'm chairing a committee, but it's about saying yes, instead of going, who am I to do this? Who are you not to? Because no one else was going to do it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, it's the sort of thing, it's, a, it's actually really a small risk. It's not that big of a risk. So what do you really have to lose? Because you can always just back out, right? If it doesn't work, okay, well, you, know, you can kind of figure that out you know, uh, later. But uh, to your point, so many folks, <laughs> we should, I guess we should come up with some sort of a, a Slack channel or a community of, of the people who reluctantly raise their hands and volunteer for, <laughs> uh, for something in the AIA. So many people's stories, it doesn't have to be the AIA. Can be whatever whatever you're interested in or whatever effort, let's say you're you're interested in, in pursuing. But I know a lot of folks who who did that with AIA. They're so thankful that they did because I know that especially like in in my in my uh, journey, uh, that move from Alan telling me to check into AI Chicago to like a year later, I went from knowing like 50 architects to 3,000 architects in like a year, and like there the amount go. of people I got to know and the new experiences and the 
new perspectives and it just exploded. It was awesome. Quite an incredible uh, return on that investment of time. Think about it that way. So it is so true because so few people are willing to be generous with their time that you basically can't fail because anything you're doing is better than nothing happening. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for taking time today to chat with me. I love the mission of Black Spectacles, and I'm so excited to see where this goes next. And I can't wait for Spectacular to launch. Me um, either. <laughs> <laughs> we can find you at blackspectacles.com, but is there anything in particular you'd like to point people to as resources to look at on the website? Great question. Um, I think for now, blackspectacles.com is a place to be to find out what we're up to. Uh, we'll certainly, uh, once we launch Spectacle, certainly there will be no, uh, uh, let's say, uh, absence of promotion to share and spread the word about that. Uh, for those folks who do want to get an early peek at Spectacular, I guess I can share our, uh, our gated landing page right now. You can sign up to be invited to Spectacular, which is at spectacular.design. Okay. Uh, so if you go there, you can sign up to be on the uh, the wait list for Spectacular, which, as I say, will launch in Q2 of 2021. It's going to be the next clubhouse. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, well, great. Thank you again for your time. This was such a really fun chat. And I think everyone feels really inspired now to go see what they can be a part of in their community. Thanks, Angela. I appreciate right, uh, what you're doing with this podcast. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired. Mm-hmm.